Lee Bryce, where you're going to be able to see him here locally. And then local boy made good, Marilyn Manson, rounds out New Tour Tuesday with a uh, with a cover of Cry Little Sister, which I believe... <sighs> Is from um is 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 from uh, that vampire movie Lost from, Boys. The Lost Boys. Yeah, I, yeah. That, thank you for that. I was uh, I was drawing a blank there. That vampire movie from when I was a kid. I believe it's uh it's from that, which I would imagine he would be able to do a halfway decent job with. So we'll find out together coming up at nine o'clock. Also seven thirty. Have those tickets for the Incarceration Festival, July thirteenth through the fifteenth, Mansfield Reformatory. We'll get you into that. I um I, I was feeling great. Okay. I uh, yesterday I felt a little fat all day, okay. and I was like, man, I just feel like chubby. I don't know what it is. Like I, I've been doing better, eating better, uh, you know, working out, doing that whole thing. Just yesterday, I felt like a fat day, so I was like, you know what? Let's go to the gym and knock it out. So I did. I went to the gym, worked out really hard, you know, did the sauna, did the whole thing, right? And I was feeling very positive, very good about myself. And then I went home and I prepped the show, and I was like feeling all ready to go, right? And then I came in here, and I opened up my corporate email, and I got an email that has. Got me, I'll be all right, but for the first couple of minutes after I read it, I was blinding mad. Yeah. Blinding mad, okay? And I have and I feel like I got good reason to be blinding mad on it. I got yelled at in an email for not doing something. Now, full disclosure, I should be doing it, okay? Full disclosure, yes, this is something that should, at the end of the day, get done. However, when we were in first instructed to do it, we were kind of told, well, yeah, yeah, we'll hammer out the details and then we'll let you know, is what we were told. Here's what we're going to do. This is what we would like to see done. But yeah, we don't really know how we want to do it right now. Give us like a week and then we'll email you and tell you how to do it, right? So then a couple of days go by and uh, I'm not going to throw anybody else under the end of the bus, but I only work with one other person. <laughs> we, uh, we, 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 we walk into a room and we say, hey. How do we go about doing this? Just want to make sure we're you know, out ahead of this. We're trying to you know, be good little soldiers. How do we get out ahead of this? We're told, ah, don't worry about it. Ah, I mean, it's not that big of a deal. We're kind of waved off on it. That's my memory of it. I may be wrong on that. That seems to be my memory of we just kind of, kind of waved off on it. Now, my problem is, is that we got waved off on it, and then we, what did we do? We reacted the way you do when you get waved off, which is like, okay, well, we got waved off. Fine, whatever. Not that big of a deal. Obviously, nobody cares. But then today, I come in, and I get, there's like a little bit of a threat in here. Like, there's a little bit of a threat. And I'm not wild about it. And I'm not angry at him. It's just, I just don't understand. It's like, dude, if you're going to wave me off just to yell at me, then just tell me, just answer the question when I ask you. Right. I mean, it's I not mean, like. That's it. That's it's, all you got to do. It's not like we didn't try here to like, okay, what do we do? How then, do we do this? Th- then it kind of got tossed aside. Um, and, and again, in the beginning, the original request of you should do this every day is not out of bounds at all. It will be helpful to not only me, but to Fantone and other people who work here. And I'm all for stuff like that. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't something like that. I, I'm, I'm anti doing. Like now that it's like, yo, no, this is what you're doing. I'm like, okay, okay. it's not. It's that, that's not where the pro- the problem comes in. I, I think really what happened yesterday is, um, he was kind of in a mood all day yesterday. I noticed it earlier. Remember, not with us, but no. then a problem with us arose, and all of a sudden that mood he was in was very easy to be like. Oh, I forgot about that. Okay, I you forgot know what about I mean? that. Because this is part of our, and Fantone noticed this really, really early, actually. Part of our job, one of the reasons why he hired us is to take his day out on us when he wants to. Oh, yeah. For sure. I mean, it's one of the reasons why we're here is to be whipping boys when he needs them. 
and we can take it. I think that's a part of that the problem. Is, is he our boss really likes to blow up sometimes and like get it out of him and like and that's fine. I get it. I, you know, I mean, there's people who 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 process their emotions that way. Well, if I had everything on my plate, he does. I'd be a little stressed out. It, it would it would happen. But it, it, it very much has turned into like, all right, I'm mad about X, Y, and Z, and you two idiots are standing right you here. You just happen to be here. You can right. take the heat. Like, and that's the thing too. Is I mean, I'm, that dude has made people cry in the building before. I know he has throughout his career he's made people cry the fact that you and i will just be able to take it move on with our lives and mfm still, still be able to right. do our jobs you know yeah. what i mean like we're not gonna it's, it's not all of a sudden gonna be like i don't know if i want to work here anymore and, uh, no like, i'll just go on the air and talk about it which he wishes i wouldn't <laughs> you know what i mean but like i felt like the tone of the email was out of line and i all right that's pro- that phrase is that phrase is probably too far but i felt like it's like dude really we had to we had to skip you see here's my problem he always skips all the way to the end of the page yeah it's always like the the and the, and then end. It's like, dude, you didn't have to go all the way there. Zero to jugular, quick. I mean, very fast, very quick. And it's just like, oh well, well but uh, uh, and then you know, there's is it because we can't get our hands around his jugular? <laughs> is that is that maybe? Maybe that's the whole thing. Incarceration tickets will pass those out 7.30. New Tour Tuesday is at 9 o'clock. And the best reasons to stop complaining are next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. We may not be a global epidemic yet. On iHeartRadio. This is a dream come true. Canton's Rock Station. Rock 106.9. Yo guys, Fantone from the Stansberry Show inviting you out. I'm talking about Fight Fest, which is brought to you by Honor Fighting Championship. That's right, Honor Fighting Championship bringing the most hard-hitting MMA action back to Akron. It all goes down June 30th at the legendary Chaparral's Event Center. There are 17 bouts lined up. The action's going to be going all night long and VIP tickets still available. So if you're ready for the hardest-hitting MMA action around, go get your tickets. They're available to you at HonorFightingChampionship.com. 6 9 Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9, 7.30. We'll pass out those incarceration tickets. Also, a, a couple of LeBron haters have uh, have created something pretty funny to uh, take a little jab at the king as he's uh, waiting to decide where it is he shall play basketball for his future. Uh, I know Paul George and Kawhi Leonard already you know, putting it out there uh, in the ether. We would like to be Lakers. So I, uh, I don't know if that means they'll both end up there. Who knows? Uh, but I know the report is is LeBron either wants to play in Cleveland or with the Lakers. Um, although the reports were he'll only do this or this the last couple of times around, and then he shocked the world both times. So I, it still remains to be seen. Yeah, I was going to say, don't put too much stock in reports right now. I mean, it's just the part of the year where in the NBA, people are just making stuff up. Like, yeah, well, dude, this will get me webbed. So, like, I know there's a lot of, you know, well, this and this and this and this. Uh, one thing I will uh, mention worth noting about the NBA today is the two-year anniversary of the Cavaliers championship 2016 there. Nice. Something we're celebrating. Somewhere Kyrie is uh, is somewhere out there in the world. Dude, thanks again. That shot was huge, man. I, I hope all 15 of those dudes are like feel like today's a day for them. I hope so. So they say if you stop complaining, it'll help you. I know it's always in one of those successful people don't do these five things. And always on the list is they don't hang out with complainers. Well, A, I don't believe that. I know, a, I know a ton of successful people, and they're some of the biggest complainers I know. So I, I don't buy into this. If you complain about your life or if you complain about what's going on around you that, you, that you can't be successful. I don't buy into that. 
But I do believe you can carry on negative attitude with you all day. That if you allow yourself to to complain about something, that it could that that it could steamroll. It could go downhill, and you can negatively affect other people around you. That can that can happen, right? The mood of one person can bring down. It's like when you go out with a group of friends, right? I was actually talking to my friend Heather about this yesterday. She's got these two girlfriends, right? And they've been best friends since they've been like eleven years old. All three of them. And I said to her, I said, and nobody's ever asked you this, I bet. I said, but if they were both, Amy and Dana are both hanging off the edge of the cliff by one hand, and you can only save one of them, who are you saving? And we ended up figuring out it would be Dana because Amy complains a little. She's a great girl, nice, you know what I mean, the whole thing, but she's a little bit of a Debbie Downer. So this guy wanted to like figure out what, he, what would happen to his life. Now, he says his attitude improved. He says his wife ended up giving him more sex because he wasn't complaining as much. So he's basically making the point that people around him were enjoying him more often because he wasn't complaining. Now, I would agree that it is nicer to be around somebody that's not like, dude, this is that's all doom and gloom all the time. Right. I'm a little guilty of it, but you can't be all doom and gloom all the time. Otherwise, people don't want to hang out with you. And I have to remember that a lot, actually, with the job I have, because that's what I'm asking you to do every day, which is hang out with me for however long you have in the morning. Right. Let's hang out. Let's be friends. Let's be social together. That's exactly what I'm asking of you. So I try not to be all doom and gloom. But we also know that holding this in can't be good for you either, Fantone. Like, you got to get it out. You got it. Like, you, you, you can't just sit there and be a festering, you know, pit of rage without any, you know, w- without that coming out of you at all. No, I mean, there's going to be times when it's inevitable. There's going to be times when it's appropriate. But I think the problem is, is that people wallow in it. People will just let it, like, run them. And that's, that's where you get to the problem. It's like, is there a moment to complain? Yeah. But then immediately after that, it's like, okay, I complained. Now what are you doing? Well, that's not what people want. What people want is people like being miserable. They, they, there are people out there who feel like if things are bad, they can look at you and say, see, I told you. That's exactly what they want. Well, it's not my fault. It's not my fault my life sucks because, dude, this happened. Oh, my God, my boss, what a dick. Oh, my uh, gosh, yeah, that's can you believe true. this? That's what it is. It's, it's, I don't have to take ownership of the, of the shortcomings of my life is because I can complain about... Whatever it is that, you know, I would agree that that we like to shift blame in this country more than I don't know about more than other countries. I don't know. I all I know is, dude, I know Ohio. We like to shift blame. I've never seen. I mean, people just we are bad as a human race right now. We are bad at taking ownership over what we did for something going wrong. It's always very much, well, it's this, or my boss held me down, or these evil CEOs won't allow this to happen, or this, where it's like, well, what did you do? What's your end of this? Yeah, there are circumstances that play into life, and there are times, but like, you still have your decision of what do I do in that moment after. Life is 90% how you react to life. That's what I was always told. That that life is going to go down the way it's going to go down. You can't control it, not even a little bit. It's all your reaction to what has happened. Now, I guess, of course, the opposite side of this is people who are just so blindly, like... Optimistic? Not even optimistic, I don't think, but, like, I, I guess maybe that's the best term for it, but, like, just so blindly, like, nah, everything, everything's fine, everything's great, everything's perfect, and it's like, eh, dude, we know that's not true in your life either. Like, that, and that's, that's where it kind of lies, is that, like, if you're complaining all the time... I know you're lying. And if you're like, oh, dude, everything's great all the time, I know you're lying. Like, because it's all in the middle there. Yeah, Tommy Lee once said that about, uh, about making music. People were on him about, you know, Home Sweet Home, about the fact that, you know, you're Motley Crue and now we got ballads. 
And his thing was, is there are ballots. That, that is a side of who we are. That you can't be all devil horns out all the time. Otherwise, what you are is a fraud. I think people think that complaining is a part of adulthood, too, where it's like... See, I feel like it's a part of childhood. Um, I think it's a part of like, ah, I don't want to go to work. Ah, I don't want to have to mow the grass. Ah, I don't want to have to do these things because so much of adulthood is doing the things that you don't want to do. Yeah, it's, just I mean, a, yeah, it's a to-do list. It's a, a vast majority of your life is doing stuff that you don't want to do. So I feel like there's something there. There's something, I don't want to say virtuous because it's not, it's not the nah, right it's thing. It's not virtuous. But it's like, it, it, there's something about like, I deserve a pat on the back because life's been so tough to me. Life's been such a struggle for me. There's been so many things to complain about. Therefore, if I complain louder, people are going to look at me and be like, oh man, this guy he's just he's soldiering on he's pushing through it yeah but the odd thing about that is that that same exact person would tell people to like pull him up by the bootstraps if somebody else if somebody complained. Else, yeah and and I, I think there's something to be said too about i think like doing the right thing and i don't know if this has always been true i can only guess i, I can only speak during during my lifetime like doing the right thing or doing what's what's what you're supposed to do or doing because do, I, don't, I don't want to use virtue because that, that that's what that word's gotten a little like perverted recently but like doing a good thing has become like lame you know what i'm saying like it's become like i like, need an example like you're, you're supposed to be negative all the time you're supposed to be complaining all the time you're supposed to be like like if you go out and you're like hey man i want to you know i want to talk about like, hey, how can we make Canton a better place? People are gonna look at you and be like, oh, look at Nerd. this, look at this cornball over here. All if right. you say, boy, Canton really sucks, I hate this town. Everyone's like, yeah, man, me too. Yeah, people love to hate on where they live. <laughs> that that part is true, but you are right. That 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 yes, it, people are stuck in that high school mentality. Where would you study, nerd? Exactly. Like, exactly. People are very much. They, we don't really move on past high school. We don't. So they say here, though, that, that holding in your complaining isn't good for you either. You run, or you run a higher risk of developing hypertension, cancer. And so they say you, you're paying a high price for that. So don't hold it in. They have a suggestion here that sounds on the surface really, really dumb, but I think is beneficial. And I wouldn't have thought to do this, but it's really, really good. They say instead of complaining, what you do is you open up your phone. And normally everybody tells you to avoid those things. Right. But open up your phone. Or wherever, your workstation at your desk if you need to. You open up your email and you write it down and you email it to yourself. Now, I have long heard, therapists for, since the 1980s have been telling people to write down their problems and it'll make you feel better about them. And it will. There's something about writing something out or typing something out where then you start to think about it like broad terms and you're like, dude, this isn't that big of a deal. And it feels like step one of the of, of the accomplishments. Like, okay, I wrote it down. Now I can get started on well, it. Well, checklists like are good for you, that. You feel like, okay, we can, we, can, we can handle this. That's actually in that book that, that I'm always preaching people should read, Total Money Makeover by Dave Ramsey. What he says is you make a list of all the, of all the things you owe and you pay the smallest amount of debt first and you work your way up to the biggest. People always go, well, I want to get the biggest thing out of the way. No, no, no. You're not going to be able to do it. You don't have the money to do that. But if you start to chip away at the at the small ones first, you then feel momentum building towards success and you start going, oh my God, I can do this. Right. And so this is very much the same thing. Like writing the email to yourself is the very first step in like working through these issues. The only thing I'll say about that is I kind of worry that like, yeah, you feel like you got it out, but you didn't really express it to someone. So did you get it out? I think there's people that it's appropriate to complain to. I'm going to go home 
home today, or when my girlfriend gets home from work, she's going to complain about her day, I'm going to complain about my day, and then we're going to move on. Where, well, as long as you move on, that's all right. Well, but I mean, like, what, I, what I'm saying is, like, if you're just complaining to John Q. Public, dude, if you're one of those people who it's like, hey, how are you today, doing today, and you're talking to someone at the store, and they're like, oh, well, let me tell you this list of all this crap, dude, that's where, that's where I'm like, dude, why, why, why am I involved? Here? I always say, how are you doing is the Russian roulette of conversation. Because really what we want you to say is, hey, I'm doing good. I'll make it. I'm going to be fine. Good. How are you? How are you? Right. That's what we're <laughs> looking is. for. Those people who actually tell you how you're doing, nobody cares. We don't want to know. Nobody wants to know. We're just trying to get past you through the door, and we already said oop. So like now we got to go to how you doing. That's it. That was the only reason those words are coming out of our mouths. More Sansbury Show and Phantom Millennials yeah. are being crucified for something, and Look, I want to jump on millennials when you're being wrong. This time, I think people are way out of bounds. I think this has been happening forever in your age group. This is not about millennials, and you're taking the blame. And so I'm going to get the millennial back. That's next on Rock 106. 106.9. Welcome back to the Zansbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9, 7.30. Pass out those incarceration tickets. That show July 13th through the 15th. You'll see Bush. I know is playing that. Clutch is playing that. Rise Against is a big one. Black Label Society is going to be there. It's a good, it's a good lineup, and dude, I, I just, I guess, I just to me, Mansfield feels further away. It's only an hour trip, man. It's not far at all. No, it's not that far at all. Our poor boss has to go there like three times a week. <laughs> he oversees that market all the time, and apparently, dude, they're just not getting it done. Like he's constantly in the car on his way there. I don't think we're getting it done either. So like, maybe. maybe. I mean, if anybody anybody in the building want to lay down track records, I'm ready to go. My track record's ready to go. That's what I said to the head of sales the other day. He said something to me about, he gave me some grief, and he was just kind of joking around as I was walking through the hallway, and I just turned around. I had had enough. I had like I had, had a day, and I was like, dude, I see you like twice a month, and you're going to give me grief, and I just turned around. I was like, bro, I'm ready to lay down track records. Whenever you're ready. Scoreboard. <laughs> exactly. I'm, I'm, re- I'm ready to go whenever you are, man. So I feel like millennials get beat up a lot. Now you should. I do. I don't mean physically, like not you know throwing in <laughs> lockers. I don't. I don't mean that. But I think, dude, a lot of times you are like the whipping kids for society. You just are. When we say millennials, I just want to be clear with people: Are we talking twenty-one to thirty-five? Is that is that the age range we're talking? Because that's what it should be. Okay, because so many people, millennials, has just become people who are younger Young than people. me. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, like, millennials become hipster. Like yes. everybody's, you know what I mean. Anybody that doesn't dress exactly like you, hipster. Like, like when the um, like when the Tide Pod thing was happening, and everyone's right. like, these teenagers, they're eating Tide Pods. Look at you, millennials. And I'm like, dude, the kid's 14 years old. I'm 35. Like, yeah. bro, there's a bit of a difference there. A little bit, a little bit, right? So that's interesting because they don't actually give me the exact age group that they're talking about in here. Okay, right? But they say millennials are ruining something, and I don't believe you are. We've ruined a lot, dude. They we do. Have. I mean, what do we have to Wait, what, the restaurant I know you were blamed for? Um, Napkins? Ba- bars of soap? Yeah, yeah we, got, we, we, got, we got blamed for that one. Actually, I don't have a single bar of soap in my house. Why would you, dude? There's pumps. There's, yeah, there's I know, I got why pumps and, yeah. and lotions. And no, I, got, I, don't I, got, I got the things. They say millennials are worse than any other group at tipping. And I don't think this is a millennial thing. They say nearly two-thirds of millennials... Tip below the standard of 20%. Now, I agree that 20% is a pretty, that's about what you should tip. But when I was growing up, it had been 15. So, like, I don't know. And I think I normally tip 20 or more. But I, I like, where, I, I guess I wonder when did that change? When did it go from 15 to 20? 
I don't know. I feel like my entire adult, your adult life. Yeah, my adult life, it's been 20%. Oh, okay. Or at least when I started working in restaurants, which I was probably like 20, 21. So yeah, my whole adult life. Um, it, 20 was the standard, but 15 to 20 is okay. Like, don't, 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 like, you're not a piece of crap if you tip 15% for average service. If it's just like, all right, normal night, like, I don't think that's out of lines. I don't think that makes you a crappy person. The study also found that 10% of millennials say they skimp out entirely leaving nothing for a server when dining out. Now, that's crazy. I, I, I don't care how bad your service was. I, I can't tip. No, I just can't tip nothing. I would rather tip you a small amount and have you know that I begrudgingly gave you, the, gave gave you this money versus, you know what I mean, leaving you with nothing. Yeah, I mean. Even that's a dick move. But, like, at the end of the day, to me, you as a server and somebody who's served in a million different places, um, you you know what you're getting yourself into. And, like, you'd have to suck for me not to tip you, but you could do it. Like, you could. Oh, it could happen. It, I mean, I guess it could happen. It's been a long time. This is what I'll say. I haven't had servers bad enough not to tip in a long time. Not even like, oh, well, it's busy in here and it's food's taking a while. Maybe this food wasn't as good as I wanted to. But if I'm sitting there with, like, an empty glass and I can see you standing over there on your Smoking phone. Smoking cigarettes, right, vaping, so, whatever. Something like that. Talking to your boyfriend. Right. I'm with you on that. I would never not tip because the food wasn't good. Right. At the end of the day, the person can Carrying it to my table has got nothing to do with it. It's that. not her fault. It's got nothing to do with that, right? I don't think this is a millennial thing outside of the age. I just think it's one of these things that when you're younger, you probably don't have as much money, right? right. You're For not, sure. Right? You, you, you don't have as much money saved up. You don't have as much money be, being brought in every week. And so you're a little tighter with your money. It's also one of these things that I believe. I don't believe. I, I think what I mean to say is I think my age I think my generation went through this when we were this age, where it's right. just like you just don't value money, like, and you don't understand how far that money is going to go for somebody else. Yeah, I was going to say there's a lack of empathy there, where you you don't you don't necessarily maybe you. well if you don't know or you don't right. care, you just don't think about like hey, like this woman is you know she got three kids, you know what I'm saying? Right. Like this woman's going through something that you this know this is the job they could get right. right. Versus I, I don't think, but what I'm saying is I don't think it's a generation thing. I think it's just a when you're younger you have less money when, and less life experience. When you're 23, this is just kind of going Who to be the. I, I would like to see the numbers of other generations too when they talk about like well 10% of millennials don't tip well, well I would assume generation X has 10% of the people are pieces of crap too well they say while about half of adults older than 38 say they tip less than 20% so half versus two thirds uh, see what I'm saying here I think we're nitpicking the millennial and I think we're nitpicking the millennial to get the web click is what I think happened here. Yeah, and people people like crapping on this. Like they, like I said, it, it's become younger. It's no longer just like, well, it's people born from, you know, 1981 to 1997 or whatever. It's just like, nope, you're younger than me. I don't have as much respect for you. It's easy for me to do this. As a matter of fact, this, this is interesting. There, there was a time uh, since the run of this show, you and I were in the middle of a conversation. It got a little heated, and I referred to... To that, the millennial, you know, mentality coming out of you. And it was because I had been wrong and thought that it was that that term had been reserved for people younger than you. When in reality, that's exactly where you are. This is exactly that group that you're in. I do believe that the younger generation is annoying in a way that maybe other ones weren't, but you do get crapped on just to get crapped on. I, as a guy who has served plenty of jobs, Fantone's had 150 of them, 
every young age group coming into their own, and that age just doesn't tip well. And, and really, down, the younger down the line you go, the worse it is. Like I can remember waiting tables. Oh, prom, oh my god, it's dude, over. it was awful. It's awful. It was awful. But then by the time you get to college, it's probably like, well, you a got little a little better. bit better. And then by the time that you're like in your mid twenties with an actual job with the ability to like you know tip, I'd I say mean, by thirty you probably have your life established and you're, you got a little bit more money. Now, as, as an overall, this isn't just exclusive millennials. Just as a whole, dude, if you can't afford to tip. If, if going into it, you're thinking like, oh, boy, I'm trying to save some money on this. Don't go there. Go somewhere fast food. Dude, go somewhere else, dude. People get so mad when you say that. Go because somewhere else. W- what people hear you say, which is crazy, is you're telling me I'm not good enough to go places. And it's like, no, because I always say the same thing. If you walk up to a bar and you have to ask a bartender how much something costs, guess what? It's too much. Right. The answer is too much. Right. If you're at a bar and you're worried about what the drink costs, it costs too much for you. If if that's the thing that's making you decide, well, should I get this? Should I get X or should I get Y? Now, if you're sitting there at the bar and you then suck back. Then it's not back, your boss's fault you're broke. And you've sucked back, you know, three Mai Tais and you haven't asked like, hey, how much are these? That's one thing. But if you're like, well, should I get a can of PBR or should I get a shot of, you know, and it's like, well, that's. If, that. If you're rolling quarters to decide between a PBR can or an IPA. You should probably pick up a twelve pack at the gas station and go, go home. home. That's oh. that's exact. I and I, I don't have a problem saying that. I think ultimately, at the end of the day, what you're doing there is being more responsible with your money and making sure you have more of it to spend down the road. Uh, I've been hit up over the head of uh, about this like a thousand times. The U.S. Open had terrible numbers on Sunday. I know why. It's not why everybody thinks. I'll give you that next on Rock 106.9. Boys brought popcorn. The Stansberry Show. Because I'm about to put on a show. Rock 106.9. Yo, guys, Fantone from the Stansberry Show here to tell you about the Rollholt Vision Institute. It still happens to me all the time, dude. I wake up in the morning, I reach for my glasses, and all of a sudden I remember, dude, you do not need those. I got 20-20 vision thanks to the LASIK surgery I had done at Rollholt. And I'm telling you, your summertime... 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. We'll pass out those incarceration tickets. That will be 7.30. That show, July 13th through the 15th, Mansfield Reformatory there getting rise against bush clutch a bunch of others black label society i know part of that our lady peace i've been to the reformatory but i've never been to a concert there have you um i know back in the day Mushroomhead did stuff there sure. and i was at one of those okay and i think that they were the genesis of this particular show and then that got expanded on and i don't I, know i remember godsmack made the video there remember it was yeah uh, i remember the um the radio station did an event where they bust people there for that keep away stay away yeah. get away far away or something yeah. like that one of those songs they do okay yeah, yeah yeah actually if you look hard in that video you can actually see set the barbarian hanging out in the background of it so the us open was over the weekend it's uh one of the four golf majors and the numbers were not good. Now, you're going to hear a lot about how the course was bad. The USGA screwed it up, man. They screwed up their course, man. They just ruined it. Golf just ruined it. I disagree. Saturday was a little unfortunate. I'm not going to call it unfair. It was unfortunate. The pin locations were very, very tough. The wind got a little harder than they thought. It dried the greens out. Good golf shots were not being rewarded. That's not what the USGA would want. Yeah, I mean, you're out of there on the same course, so I'm not going to be like, well, it was unfair to one person or the other. But to me, it's like... It's like when when the NFL makes a bad rule and it's everyone's like, well, what the hell is this? Where where it's like, why didn't why didn't you take better care of the course, man? Like, yeah. why, why didn't you guys do this? So, I would agree that Saturday wasn't great. Now Sunday they overcorrected the steer and then made it a little too player friendly. Now the the the, the thought process has always been on the U.S. Open. 
we're trying to figure out who the best golfer at this particular time in life is. So you make the course really, really hard. It's an endurance test. And whoever drags their ass over the finish line is your winner. And I said yesterday that all these golfers crying about it, bitching and crying about it, is indicative of this new age where we allow men to just cry and like they're not questioned. Where, and I said this yesterday. You don't think Jack Nicholas thought the U.S. Open was hard? Of course he did. It was just a different era. And again, I'll repeat myself. Men had hair on their chest and balls in their pants. And they weren't allowed to be whiny babies with microphones in their face. That they had to suck it up and be like, yeah, it was a little difficult out there, but I got to play better. That Welcome to Jack Nicholas's rule of golf. I got to play better. Not this Zach Johnson. They lost control of the course, even though you went out and shot two under, you big crybaby. It's, so I don't think it was about the USGA. I think it's about the fact that this is golf giving people what they say they want versus what they actually want. This is always very much like a radio station. I always say this. Excuse me, why do you guys play Metallica and Red Hot Chili Peppers and Bush? It's because it's what you will listen to. I know you'll tweet me and tell me you like As I Lay Dying, yet when we play it, the ratings go down. But when we play Metallica, the band you tell me you're sick of, guess what happens? The ratings go up because we're doing what you will actually listen to, not what you tell us you will listen to. And I think the USGA's made this mistake. I think golf has made this mistake. You're listening to the fan telling you that they want to see the star struggle. No, they don't. If they wanted this, they don't. In every other sport, they're changing the rules to get more scoring in. Why is golf, the lowest viewed sport, trying to be the one sport that goes the other way, make it harder? Makes no sense. I guess the thing that maybe from golf's perspective is that like we're going to continue to lean into what makes us unique, where it's like everybody else is everybody else is making, you know, it easier to score touchdowns. Everybody else is making it easier to hit home runs. Everybody else is making it easier to hit three pointer. Um, we're going to try to make things more difficult. Now I don't know if that works or not, but I think I, it's dumb. I think I think but I think that's a part of like golf's mentality, right? Is that like, hey, we're stuck in our ways. This is how we've always done it, this is how we will always do it, and yeah, that's what makes us special. Yeah, but you just said it perfectly. They're stuck in their ways. I don't want to be stuck anywhere. And if I was suffering television viewership the way I have been since Tiger left the sport, and that's really what the lowest number on Sunday is really about, is about the fact that Tiger Woods was in the tournament, you were excited about it, and then he, he didn't make the cut. Now, golf fans knew that. Hardcore golf fans like me knew Tiger had no chance to make the cut. None. But golf, but but casual fans, and that's who you have to cater to because that's where the ratings come from. Ratings don't come from diehards. Ratings come from oh yeah, and I'll occasionally check that out. I think that a lot of brands, um, sports franchises for sure, but I think this goes beyond. It goes to pretty much everything. Whether you're, you know you're selling viewership of golf or radio stations or or, or you're selling you know ho hos or whatever, um, you can either focus on growing the brand or you can focus on lasering towards the people that are already in your camp and. I don't know where that is. I don't know where that line is, and it's going to be different from from brand to brand to brand. But sometimes I, I know I know it almost feels like well, of course you're going to try to grow the net, but like the bigger you grow the net, the easier it is for those fish to swim out of it. If you've got you know you can water it down, you know what I mean. Like if you okay. if you've got something there's laser a middle ground, focused, maybe. right? I mean like there's and that's the challenge there is like well, do we focus on what golf purists want, which no. is which is a more challenging sport? But I, I think what they're concerned of is if if I pull these passive fans for one event and I lose, I lose, you know, let's say I pull in 10 passive fans for one event, but I lose 11 purists because of, of how we're changing things. What is that really worth there for me? 
Uh, not even 11 purists. I'll say five purists because five purists are going to be there time and time and time again. This casual fan just might be here for today. All right. You know what the other side of that is? That if you make the purist mad, he still comes back next week. Mm-hmm. You know how many people tweet at me every day about something we're talking about who once told me they were never going to listen ever again? Never listen again. I'll tell you the number. It's every last <laughs> goddamn one of them. Every last one. They always come back, dude, because there's a reason why they were there in the first place. And there's a reason why I watch golf tournaments. It's because I like it. You can. So I don't necessarily... I see your point. I don't necessarily agree with it. I think that there's... You, you, you can't program this stuff to what the fan the fan never knows what they want they never know they think they know but they don't it's like i said it's about the same thing about metallica they'll tell you they're sick of it but when you play it the ratings go up yeah i was gonna say and you have to remember too that like no n- no brand is is beholden to your personal taste like, none like nor dude, should be and, and here's the deal dude i mean if stansbury and i was like all right dude we're picking out everything we're playing the music that we want to you guys to you and i'd be like oh this is great everyone else would be like all right well, i'm out on this the, like, yes you are ultimately you're right but what would really happen fans Tone is actually different. The reality of what it would be is, is that, and that, and I, this even proves this point, is that I wouldn't come in here and play you deep cuts from Clutch. I wouldn't because I know it's not smart. I know it's not smart. I know the average person, the casual Stansbury Show fan, doesn't what, what want it. One? So oh. would I maybe play you different Metallica songs, different Godsmack songs, different Alice in Chain songs? Yes, occasionally. But would I still play you Wood like crazy? Yeah. Yes, because that's the hit. Yeah. And that's how you build the biggest net. So you play the hit. And that's what I'm saying. You don't, don't give the fan what they're telling you they want. Give them what they actually want. And I don't think fans, I, I think there's like 10 guys that want to see a pro golfer struggle the way he does out of the course. Is it fun to watch your buddy shoot 90? No. So why the <laughs> hell is it going to be fun to watch Dustin Johnson shoot 90? I don't get it. I think there's also this. It was also the network that carried it. You you either know how to do something or you don't. And I think Fox did a better job with this US Open than they did last year. I'll say that. But And I like Joe Buck. But they don't do golf a lot. He just doesn't. So you kind of want David Faraday. You kind of want Nick Faldo. Where is, oh my God, I forget his name now. We get, where is Jim Nance? You kind of want that warm blanket of the broadcasters you know calling this sport. You know they kind of know it. Where there were times where Buck was saying things, I was like, oh my God, he just doesn't know that. Like he just doesn't know that that's pretty standard. I think it's a, this was them trying to give the viewers what they say they want, which was making the course really so hard that the best golfers in the world. Now it used to be that way, but there's more attention on everything now. And you got to understand, I don't think it's what people want. I think they want to watch guys be dominant in every other sport. People tell you they want more. So that's why baseball can't get out of the muck. It's because the, the lack of scoring, lack of action. So you can't tell me that golf needs to be the one sport where guys struggle. I, it makes absolutely no sense to me. Incarceration tickets up for grabs. We'll pass those out next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. Alright, I like it. I like it a lot. Rock 106.9. Yo guys, Fantone from the Stansberry Show here to tell you about the Rollholt Vision Institute. It still happens to me all the time, dude. I wake up in the morning, I reach for my glasses and all of a sudden I remember, dude, you do not need those. I got 20-20 vision thanks to the LASIK surgery I had done at Rollholt. And I'm telling you, your summertime is going to be so much easier when you don't have to worry about glasses or contacts. So if you've been thinking about LASIK surgery, I know you have some questions, which is why the Rollholt Vision Institute has made everything perfectly clear for you at their website. That is RollholtVision.com. Rock 106.9. 
Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9. We're also online at WRQK.com. I'm laughing because somebody just sent me a photo of uh, myself and Keith Kennedy from three years ago today. Uh, I don't know. We must have been at, I think this was Rockin' on the River or like one of those type things. Mm-hmm. And he and I are like woofing down a bowl of ice cream, like just like woofing it down. Like we are both just like shoving ice cream into our fat pie holes. Uh, I've just put it up at my Instagram, which is Dan.Sansbury, if you're on that, if you want to see it. Uh, it's pretty funny. Keith and I just woofing it down there. Uh, Fantone made uh, mention of it earlier, but today the anniversary yeah. of the Cavs Championship 2016. And... Uh, I actually saw it in my Facebook memories, and uh, it was, what I had posted was, is I waited my whole life, it was worth it, and uh, it wasn't necessarily, It was. I said it was more of an exorcism than it was a championship win. Like, we got that loserdom off our, our back. However, I don't really feel like we did. Like, there was like about a six-month period where we felt optimistic, and we can win, we're winners, we're this and that, where I feel very much now, the Northeast Ohio sports fan, very much back into the doldrums of, uh, woe is me, we're not any good, we're not going to be any good, everything's going to be bad. Um, not necessarily just Cavs, I'm saying all like mentality around all the sport. That's default for, for the Northeast Ohio fan, it's what we're comfortable with, it's, it's, it's who we've defined ourselves as so long. So I guess I'm not necessarily shocked to find out that like, like the biggest loser or whatever, like you get somebody 500 pounds up there, they lose 300 and they're like, Hey, life's great. And then, you know, the next time that check in the year later and it's like, Oh, what's going on with Jim from the biggest loser? Well, he's 500 pounds again. It, Lottery winners win money, yep. go broke. It takes it takes more than one to instill a mentality, instill that sense of like, and it's frustrating too because like, <clears throat> I've talked about this before. I just feel like people that are Cleveland sports fans are just so mentally soft where it's like, in my opinion, sure. in my opinion, we should be cut out of iron. Like we should be as tough as humanly possible. I mean, ESPN has been crapping down our throats for the past, you know, 40 years or whatever. And it's like, you would think that would build toughness. You would think that would build like a mentality, but it, no, it's just like, Meh, uh. and, 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 and geographical areas, it doesn't seem like sports should matter, but it, they do. Well, like, okay. You lived in Detroit. Yeah. Now, they're not very good. Pistons aren't very good, but they had other things to hang their hat on. They had the Red Wings. That was like... Dude, uh, that, see, th- I forget about that because like the Lions have been abysmal forever. Haven't lost. Haven't lost. Haven't, weren't, weren't out of the playoffs for like a 20-year run or something like that there. So they always had championships. They always had like pride in something. And the Pistons were good for a run. Um, the Tigers, know, the Tigers are usually pretty good. Have been good for runs and stuff. So yeah, the Lions suck. But when you have something else to define yourself on, it matters. It does. Well, I mean, the Indians have been pretty good. Why don't, then why don't we have some of that? Because they didn't win. Because they didn't win the championship. If they would have won the championship that year, there would have been something different in the air, but they didn't. That's and fair. That it, is fair. That's how people judge it. It's championships or nothing. Yeah, and I mean, like, from a fan perspective, I don't necessarily view that as, like, the best way for me to be a fan. But, like, when it comes to the overall feeling of the area, that's totally how you're going to feel. As well, if you don't win a championship, what was it worth? Yeah, I mean, if that's your fandom, you're going to be let down. Especially with the Indians only making it that one year. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, and then the following season was a little bit of a major letdown. Right. If this yeah. would have been, if this would have been, you know, three World Series runs in five years, then you probably would have a little bit different of a definition of things there. But like, you just. When, when you're so used to losing, when you're so used to being in that mindset, it's hard to shake. So the rumor now, Kemba Walker, maybe a Cavalier, maybe Kawhi Leonard, maybe you try to package the number eight pick in Kevin Love for Kawhi Leonard. 
Now, if I'm Popovich, I have no reason to trade Kawhi Leonard whatsoever. None. No reason to trade him. Um, outside of the fact that like he doesn't want to be there and he's not going to... Dude's not going to come back and put himself in it because he's. He, I don't think he's a very mentally tough player. I think he's the kind of guy that, like, really? if you don't, if you don't give me what I want, I'm gonna pout and I'm going to just, uh, dude, I'll half-ass it for you. So yeah, really? I think I think that's the incentive for him. And if there's a person on the face of the planet that is not going to accept that, it's Greg Popovich. I think. Well, that, and second is LeBron James. Right. So if your answer for not winning the title is bring Kawhi Leonard here, like if you, dude, if you're not mentally tough. LeBron's in much more of a desperate, or at least the concept of LeBron staying with the Cavaliers, and if that's what's going to happen, is that's a much more desperate situation than what Greg Popovich feels he's in right now. Greg Popovich is like, dude, I'm not dealing with that. I'm Greg Popovich, man. If I retire this year, my legacy is cemented. I don't care. I'm not dealing with your crap at the end of my career, where LeBron is in a much more desperate situation where it's like, nah, dude, if I I have to put up with this, it's worth taking the bat off my shoulder even if I strike out. I think Popovich should retire. And I think it's very much like Bill Belichick. I think Belichick should retire. I think these guys got to understand that you can still do it, and you're still at the top of your game. You're probably still the best in the game at what you do. The problem is, is that the athlete is flipped over. The athlete no longer believes that the that the coach being the smartest guy in the room is the way to do it. That the coach having the best plan is the way to do it. These players and across all leagues now want to second guess their coach. They don't want their coach being any good. They want to be the star. They want to be the one where, where everything's on their shoulders, and they don't want to listen to somebody else. And that I think Popovich has to understand, dude, that you, that you're a throwback. Belichick, you're a throwback. It's not the way it is anymore. It's not the way, or at least it's not the way it is going to be. I, if I'm Popovich, I'm looking looking at Kawhi Leonard like sucks to be you bro like sucks to be you but why the hell am I trading you for something that I for that, that is I don't think the eighth pick in Kevin Love makes Greg Popovich trade Kawhi Leonard in this in the situation he's in right now and it wouldn't be that it would be it would be Kevin Love and probably George Hill or somebody like that they're going to use the eight on somebody like Kemba Walker somebody like that so I don't I, I I mean what do you think the chances of Kemba Walker and Kawhi Leonard both being Cavaliers with LeBron James next year is I don't feel like it's out of the question because there are ways the Cavs can make it happen. I think it's like 30%. It's just not very likely. Um, the, the, the Cavs are going to have to do something. And yesterday, they and I know this doesn't seem like much, but they fired two assistant coaches and promoted two other ones. And the fact that they're LeBron's buddies, including Damon Jones right there, I know that's not like, well, he's staying for sure. But you can tell they're trying to do something well, to entice him. It's at least, look. This is what you want? Fine, we'll do it. We'll do it. Yeah. This is, and again, the national media, and even some locally, I hear this a lot. Dan Gilbert screwed up having the best basketball player in the last 30 years, not once, but twice. And I need to ask this question, because maybe he did. I'm not saying he didn't. But how did he do it? I don't know how he did it. He he made every move LeBron wanted him to make. He's paying oh. how much in the luxury tax and penalty? How much? And you have to remember too, LeBron gun the gun transition into Dan Gilbert that was somewhere within LeBron's career there. So he didn't necessarily have him his entire career. Um, but it's fair too. dude, if you don't, if you don't, if you have the best player on the planet and you win one championship and you had him for eleven years, I can understand why people look at it and say like, eh, dude, did you did you mess something up? And there was moments that Dan Gilbert messed things up, but LeBron messed things up too. I was so gonna like, say, who's more to blame for not winning, Dan Gilbert? If you ask me, really? Yeah, I mean, dude, LeBron does everything in his power on a regular basis to make that happen. Dan Gilbert dropped the ball. I can point at numerous oh, times. Oh, there are people, and I'm not one of them, but there are people who will make the argument LeBron doesn't do everything he can at all times to win. I mean, there are people who feel like he packed it up in Game Four. I, 
dude, you, can you point specific examples? Sure, but as a whole, I mean, the dude's averaging 40 points in the NBA Finals. So, like, yeah, I mean, it was like, what, 38, point. 9, and 9 yeah, or whatever kind of it was. So, there. yeah, no, I agree. I, 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 I do believe that LeBron did enough there, but I, I don't know, man. If, if, if this is my thing, if the player says, no, 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 sign Tristan, sign JR. Versus, hey LeBron, we're gonna go take a look at this. Maybe we can do this over here. Maybe, maybe this. Dude, there was rumors about Boogie Cousin then. The, those, those were those were smart moves. And you look at, I know everybody's like, oh, dude, look at these contracts. But like, look, they at, are bad. But look at what other guys are getting paid. Look at what Bismack Biombo gets paid compared to Tristan Thompson. That's in step with what happens there. If 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 Kevin Durant never would have signed with the Warriors, and I know that's a big if and or but, but if Kevin Durant never would have signed with that Warriors, that Cavaliers team as constructed and that Warriors team as constructed. It would have been a much more competitive series. That's what they made those those signs for is because it's like, hey, these are the guys we need to beat the Warriors now. And then the Warriors change. And it's like, well, dude, this isn't enough. All right, there's, there, is a little, there is a little revisionist history in that. And I don't care what you did. You probably weren't going to beat a team that was 73-9 and nine and then added Kevin Durant. You probably weren't going to do that. Why was David Griffin fired? I think it's one of the great questions of the Cavaliers of the past two years. Because Wayne's tweeting in and said that's where Gilbert messed up. And I would agree. If you fire David Griffin for no reason... And for a couple million dollars too, it wasn't like this was this was money against the salary cap. This was just a couple million dollars we were talking about. That here. was a mistake. It. it was a mistake. I would agree that that is a that that is a Dan Gilbert mistake. And the letter was a Dan Gilbert mistake. I'm always harping on that. But at the end of the day, I don't think I can look at the end of the, this is what this is the reality. Okay, this is the reality. The guys on the court win the games. So if you go to the championship nine times, bro, you gotta win it. So he built you. So he hold on. He bought you a Ferrari, put it in the driveway. It does two hundred miles per hour. What's the problem? I and I, I guess really what this all boils down to to me is that like they they won it. And I know it feels like well maybe they should have won more, but considering that my entire life I didn't get to celebrate a championship and then I did. I, I, I'm not coming down too hard on either of those days. I would agree that ultimately I what I said was, and I said it that during that run, that if I get a championship out of this, I feel like I got everything I wanted. But much like I say about Mike Tomlin and Ben Roethlisberger, that when you shut the door on that, to, to have only gotten to the Super Bowl how many times, to have not been in the AFC championship game against Brady how many times, to have that quarterback, a Hall of Famer, to have that team, you have underdelivered. That yes, when you write the book on Dan Gilbert's run with LeBron James as, you know, as ownership and player, that you will have to look at it as underperformed. If you ha- but again, he put you in a position to win. He's paying how much money in, in, in luxury tax money? It, so it's not like you can blame an owner when they won't spend the money. If the owner's like, no, 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 I'm not paying for players, that's one thing. But Gilbert went out and paid all these guys LeBron wanted to get paid. Remember, he wouldn't sign his deal until Tristan and JR were locked up. Now, those deals, I would agree, you got to pay them. But it's the length of the deal that everybody tells me is the problem. And we should have known that then. But who was arguing for that? It was LeBron James. It was LeBron James's company. He is the reason why this can't get done. These people who want to put this all on Dan Gilbert really do upset me. Because it is a little bit of LeBron excuse here. That, that's, it, it is a little bit of, well, he's our player, we love him, and so we're going to excuse this a little bit. At the end of the day, you think Tim Duncan was going to get that? You think Michael Jordan was going to get that? Is Kevin Durant going to get that? 
that the GM or the coach or this and that. No. People are going to tell them, suck it up and win. And if you can get to the finals that many times, you got to find a way to win it. Now, you were outmatched in, in this last series. For sure you were. That team is amazing. And again, I've always said about the Michael people, you know, I mean, there was a harder era and this and that. It's like, well, dude, you can't tell me the Golden State Warriors are one of the best teams ever assembled and then tell me Michael played in a better era. Like, that's crazy. You can't do that. But... I mean, you go to, like I said, he bought you a Ferrari. The thing does 200 miles per hour. You got to figure out how to shift the gear seamlessly, dude. You do. Ultimately, I've told you since preseason, it's time to wave goodbye. It's over. And I maintain it's over. Start waving goodbye. We have these incarceration tickets that show July 13th through the 15th at Mansfield Reformatory. Let's send caller number 15 right now. 1-800-243-7625 on those. Be right back to continue the Stansbury Show next on Rock 106.9. Dan Stansberry and his boy Wonder Matt Fantone. At last, two heroes. The Stansberry Show. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 106.9. Coming up 9 o'clock, new tour Tuesday. You're getting uh, new Maroon 5 featuring Cardi B, new Lee Bryce, and new Marilyn Manson. That Marilyn Manson's a cover, I believe, of uh, Cry Little Sister from uh, The Lost Boys, which is a movie I loved as a kid. I got to wonder, does The Lost Boys still hold up? Mm. Mm. I'm betting not, mm. right? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bet you a dollar. I mean, not. it's vampires on dirt bikes on the beach, so like, <laughs> I can't. I mean, I can't imagine. I, uh, I can't believe in the world of reboots, in the world of of nostalgia, I cannot believe that movie hasn't been remade. Yeah, I want to say yes, I agree with you, but I think it's because of all the other vampire stuff that's been made. I mean, there's like, what, the WB's got like a thousand yeah. vampire shows. Yeah, but I mean like... Isn't Twi- Riverdale now like a vampire show? But like, Twilight was like three years ago, five years ago. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I know that feels like it was yesterday, but dude, that was that was at its peak well before this show existed, so like... There's a bunch of that stuff that I'm so surprised from that era where, like, again, another one. Like, nobody's remade The Goonies? Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, it just makes sense. I mean, that's crazy. I guess there's, there is an argument when something is, is good enough, leave it alone. <laughs> But, not nowadays, there's not. <laughs> but again, would the Goonies hold up today? Like, if I watched it today, am I still liking it? I've watched it as an adult, and yeah. I felt like, I mean, don't get me wrong, dude, there's 80s cheese on it, well, no question. Well, I mean, there's certain things I can't get around. But, like, as a whole, I mean, now, I would say the bigger problem isn't, like, can it get over the 80s cheesiness of it? It's, like, can you get over seeing it from a kid's perspective because like you look at it as an adult and you're like what are you talking about idiots like you know but for kids it's like well dude we're on an adventure and we're gonna go do this and we're the goonies it's still held up all right where's the treasure i don't know google it right, right. <laughs> you know what i mean i guess there, there, there is there is part of that uh, dude we're gonna ride our bikes let's uber there like yeah i mean i guess that that's probably it you, you know josh brolin probably doesn't fall off the hill on his bike because he's in the back of an uber i guess maybe Maybe that's maybe that's how that 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 whole thing goes. I uh, I am hesitant to wade into this next particular subject. All right, are we talking President I, Trump? No, oh. no, I'm going to stay away from the president today. Okay. I um, dude, you just go nuts every time we do this, <laughs> and, and and honestly, it annoys me. But like I know, but I know, but I know there are people out there that care about this stuff, and that's the WWE. And your boy John Cena. Yeah, that is my boy. Now, I didn't read into this because I figured you would know. So I was like, all right, well, I don't need to read this. Fantone will know, and he'll just tell me. But now, for those of you that don't know, 
John Cena had his heart ripped out by Nikki Bella. And they were going to get married, and then she kind of like recanted, and then now I guess they're trying to figure out if they can get back together and whatever. And dude, remember he went on The View and he cried, and like there was like this whole stuff where it's like, I don't know what that woman does in that bed, but whatever she does, she does it well enough. Uh, dude, she is phenomenally hot. She's like right down your alley, too. I mean, if you really deep dove into Nikki Bella, Stansberry, she makes the list for you for sure, dude. She's- well, I would halfway limp roll into Nikki Bella. I don't think I could do, I don't think I could do it deeply. I, uh, but uh, uh, I've never really uh, I've never really paid attention to the. I Nikki. mean, dark featured, like, you know, brunette, huge ass, huge boobs, like uh, tan skin. Like she's I mean. She's right, right where you want her to be. Yeah, she's pretty hot. She's pretty, pretty good looking she's woman, right? She's pretty hot. Yeah, she that is. That's a Stansberry fastball. Worth noting, though, it's not like John Cena couldn't find himself into something new there. That's my point. Is because now, dude, he's going out and saying, I guess he's willing to have an operation to get her back. He was married when he first came into WWE and swore he would never get married ever again. Yeah, right? and he 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 divorced his wife because I think rumor was, and I don't even know if it's a rumor. I think it's pretty pretty clear at this point that he was banging Nikki Bella. That's why he divorced his wife. And I think at that point, he decided, I'm so focused on my career, and he has been, that I'm not going to get married again, and I'm not going to be a father. So he had a vasectomy. The wrestling career nearing its end, I would think, or closer to it than not. Yeah. So now you got more time. Yeah. Well, and more than anything, I think it's, you know, you you have these plans when you're 24, 25, like, hey, this is what my life's going to be for the rest of my life. And then 15 years later, all of a sudden, it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Maybe I wasn't happy. And I mean, the good thing is that a vasectomy is reversible. But, like, you made this semi-permanent decision. You made this, like, all right, this is what I'm going to do. Then you fall in love, and, and, and you just didn't see that coming. Now you want to be a dad. See, love is a tricky thing. It is. Because I here again, I'm scrolling through Google images of Nikki Bella. Yeah. And she is. She's hot. Okay. But John Cena could find a better looking woman than Nikki Bella. She's hot, but he, yeah. given the avenues John Cena has, but see, this is what's interesting about love is that it doesn't come down to who's the hotter chick. It just comes down to who it really does. You know, somebody once told me and it was stolen from a movie. Dude, it, dude, who you're dating has got nothing to do with who you want to have drinks with on Friday night. It comes down to who do you want to walk around the farmer's market with on Saturday afternoon. That's what it comes down to. You want to drink and have fun with anybody. It's who won't annoy you when you're doing something you don't really want to be doing. Yeah, if John Cena was just looking at this from like a perspective of, boy, I just want Get a hot laid. chick. I mean, he, dude, he has plenty of hot chicks available to him. But I think, I think, I think, uh, you know, I think Mr. Cena is in love. And I think he genuinely wants to have that in his life. And I know it seems hard because it's we, we talked about before. Celebrities just seem so different than They're us. You. But but They're you. But I mean, you know, you take away the muscles and the money and all that. And Not all even sudden, the muscles. It's the money and the fame. Yeah, I mean, this dude is just a dude and like you know, and it's not even the money; it's the fame. And I, I think it's worth noting here too that, like, I genuinely think they broke up, but they're back together now, in my opinion. And they're just playing this up because Total Bellas is still on. This is going to come out of like, well, dude, we we broke up and then we got back together, but we couldn't do it too quick because all of this. So I think more than anything, this is just John Cena. Like, hey, I'll have a vasectomy. That'll get us in the news. Now, well, she, yeah, I, I I think there's probably a good chance reverse of, vasectomy. Sorry, of that happening. Does, has it been on record that she wanted kids and he wasn't couldn't do it because of the vasectomy? Was that part of the thing? I think it was. I'm not. I'm not giving you kids. That oh, was a part of it. Is staunch. that this, I'm not giving you kids Oof. because I this is my career. And like he made that perfectly clear. But then when it got taken away from him, it was like, oh damn, dude, what was I like? Maybe there is something more important.
power of the vag. It's just very the most, powerful. Dude, it's the most powerful thing on the planet. Very powerful. And it's amazing. Because I have a very similar situation. I've obviously slept with more than a couple of people, right? Okay. <laughs> All right. Breaking news. And names. I would tell you there's a woman who can control me at a moment's notice who is probably, for me, I think she's beautiful. But if I stacked up all the women I had sex with, I think most guys listening would be like, dude, those three chicks are all hotter than that. But yet, that's the one that makes me incredibly stupid. It's, dude, somebody, it's just, it's how it works. So, dude, when people have your number, they just have your number. And Nikki Bella has John Cena's number. Now, you could do worse for somebody having your number than Nikki Bella, because she is. You Phantom was right. Dude, that woman is... Sexy. Worth noting, uh, July 14th, Canton Civic Center. Tickets still available. WWE SummerSlam tour coming to Canton, Ohio. Okay. I know where I don't need to be. <laughs> Kidding, obviously. Dude, we're getting some local firefighter porn. I can't wait till okay. it's on Pornhub. That's going to be awesome. I'll give you the details next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. Canton's Rock Station. Rock 106.9. 1069. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show and Rock 1069. Just your uh, little Marilyn Manson there. Actually, a cover, and you'll get another Marilyn Manson cover to end New Tour Tuesday coming up 9 o'clock uh, as he does Cry Little Sister from the Lost Boys soundtrack. I don't know if I remember that song. Is it like the song? Is it like the opening? Mm, I don't remember where it happened in the movie, but I remember the song. I mean, I don't know. I guess I'll, I mean, I guess we'll take a listen. It's, um, what do I want to say? Just like the movie. I mean, it really is. It's like, if you went back and listened to that, is that going to hold up? Eh, not really, but. The, well, I mean, I'm sure you updated it a little bit, so I'm, I'd be interested to hear. I haven't heard it yet. I'm a Marilyn Manson fan, always have been. Uh, I mean, huge fan. I remember going to the uh, Antichrist Superstar tour, and then, uh, and then the one after that, the one that, uh, I forget the name of that album, where... White World or whatever that was with like uh, I don't like the drugs and like that whole thing like that was a, I love that album I still think Rock is Dead is one of the best Marilyn Manson songs ever I'm, I have no idea why that's not still like all over the radio uh, a local story out of Akron catching national attention now as I'm getting this from Newsweek I read it at a couple other places yesterday but Newsweek now covering this story where two Ohio firefighters from Akron have been suspended. Uh, Lieutenant Arthur Dean, 49, and Provisional Lieutenant Deanne Eller, 42, have been placed on paid administrative leave pending an investigation because there are claims that those two were making porn together on site at the fire station. When I saw the ages of this yesterday, I was shocked. I really was. In my mind, I was like, well, dude, this is younger people. This is, you know, a 24-year-old and a 27-year-old. You're in your 40s, dude. You're in your 40s and doing this. I mean, so am I. And I would film myself having sex on my cell phone today if I could find somebody at, to do at it. At work? You're going you're gonna to come in here at work? I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying make a sex tape, dude. Fine. Whatever, dude. Sure. But I'm saying at work? It's not smart, okay? But sex makes you dumb. It does. Dude, when all the blood's rushing to one part of your body, dude, the rest of it's just kind of stupid. It is. Like, I have... Now, I'm trying to think about this. Yeah, I've had sex at every radio station I've worked at. Like, I've definitely done that. Now, here it was a little trickier 
right? Because um, it's it, it's it's well, it's a new age. There's more cameras in buildings than what used to be. And back in the day when I was doing afternoons, I mean, I had a lockable office that was only mine. I was the only person in it. And so, like, if you went up there at seven thirty, or you know, if you had somebody meet you there after the show, nobody would even know you were in there. So, like, that's a little bit different. Um, I would agree that yeah, on like risking your job does seem like a like a younger person's thing, right? But it just dude. Sex, man, it makes you do stupid stuff. It makes you do things that you know aren't smart. I mean, think about your life. How many times you've done something that was not intelligent, that you knew wasn't smart, but your penis was like, ah, we'll worry about it later. How many times have I done that in the past five years, though? You know what I'm saying? Sure, when I'm 22, boy, I mean, dude, my penis was just getting me in all sorts of trouble. But, I mean, I probably... I mean, mean, your penis wasn't getting you in trouble when you first moved here? Not in anything like that. Not in, not on any anything where I'm going to lose my career. I mean, this isn't just a job either. This isn't just like, dude, hey, we both work at McDonald's. We banged it out in the bathroom. We got caught. Ah, dude, what are we going to do? I mean, this is your career. Like, this is what you, 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 you've been working for your entire life. Okay, that's your best argument. Like, so far, that's your best argument, is that it's not just a job, which obviously everybody knows stands for just over broke, even though for some reason it's supposed to be able to pay for a four-bedroom apartment now. But it's they stand for just over broke. So you are right about that. Like, putting your career in the crosshairs is a little bit different. And, like, I get what you're saying of, like, sex makes you stupid, but you're still an adult that has, like, rational thought. Like, I... I, I, I yeah, I mean, what makes it different is that these two had been in a long-term relationship. But taboo comes into sex. Things that you're not supposed to do come into sex. And so, I mean, dude, this is why people have sex at amusement parks. This is why we have video of people having sex in, like, the last row of, like, baseball games and things like that. It's There's something about it that the riskiness is what makes you want to do it. I, I get that, but, like... You got to be able to weigh things out. Like, yes, I understand your penis is powerful, but you can't if you're, if you're well, going to let it lead your life. Well, look at these two and what they do for a living. Had these two got caught having sex in public, no matter where it was, they were going to lose their job. Right. You know what I mean? So there's a little bit of that, too, where it's like, well, I mean, if, if, if you have and again, there are going to be people who argue it this way. I would not be one of them, but there are people who will argue it this way. It's like, well, if this is compulsion. I mean, if it's sex addiction, I mean, can you really punish them? I mean, now I look at that yeah. and laugh at it. Yeah. But but I think mo- there are going to be people who argue you're persecuting them, which is of course crazy. Yeah, I was gonna say. I mean, not 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 the best argument there. If this guy was masturbating at work and filming himself, I I mean, it would be the same thing there. It'd be like, well, you can't. Do you think it would be the same thing if he was locked in a bathroom by himself and he was masturbating? The fact that they were filming this on site, it does change things. Um, I mean, I get it. The fire dudes are at the, you know, you're at the at, 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 the, at the place for three days or whatever. Yeah, but it's like, three on, two off, right? Two on, three uh, off. Uh, but, I mean, anywhere you get caught masturbating at work, I would like to think you're going to be fired. I, at first, my thing was like, well, why are they working together? But they weren't. They both worked at separate fire stations. They just met up at, at one of them and, and had the sex in it. And my guess would be, and it doesn't tell me here, um, and, and again, I'm reading this from Newsweek. It does not tell me whether or not I would assume it was his department because he was the actual lieutenant 
And so he feels like, I'm in charge. I'm the guy running stuff around here. Everybody's gone. I'll be able to do this. And, and once again, though, dude, you are in a position of power. Like, And I understand how that can like warp your sense of, like, well, due to what I can get away with and what I can't. But like, Yeah, power corrupts, dude. You, 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 there's still accountability there. You, more accountability there the higher up you go up the ladder. So like, I have very little like, well, dude, hey, sympathy for these guys because like, dude, you are you, you you're not only are you having sex at work, you're filming it. Like you you made your bed now lay in it. Literally. Um I mean I there's something about sex with people you want to do it in places where you're not supposed to. You do. You want to have sex at work. You want to have sex in public even though you shouldn't. It's terrible. I was going like, to say you, it's how you end up on a list. Yeah, you you end up like, you know, exposing yourself to kids and you know things and that's not good. You you, you can't have that. And that risky behavior normally ends the older you get. I think it's more about the power and not the age. I think it's more about the fact that you're a lieutenant and you think you can do whatever you want and that nothing will happen to you. Um, you got to wonder, does the tape come out? I wonder what they were filming for. I wonder, what is this like, hey, we're just going to watch this? Or is this going to be like, hey, we're going to upload this somewhere? Well, and like- here's my other question. Is the fire department not under video surveillance at all angles? Outside of showering? Um, I bet you not. I bet you not. I mean, there's probably cameras like outside of the building, but like, I bet you once you get into like the living quarters, they probably are like, no, dude. This Maybe is- not in the living quarters, but I bet near the trucks, right? Because there's stuff you could steal off of them. There's going to be, right? I mean, dude, like people steal stuff. Did they say, was this out by the trucks or was this? It I doesn't mean, actually tell. In this particular Newsweek article, it does not tell me that. I would have to assume it was, though, just because, like. I mean, you want the trucks in it, right? If That's you're the, doing it. I mean, if you're just going to do it in the living quarters, what a couch is a couch. Right. So my guess is you wanted to be near the fire pole, right? You wanted to be near the trucks. The fact that they called it porn all day yesterday, too, instead of like a sex tape, it made me wonder, like, do they know that they were going to upload it? Upload it, or did they? Did they? Was there more to it? Did they have like a lighting kit? Did they have like you know Ooh. what I'm saying? Like, good question. Because when you, when when it, and that's all it was presented as yesterday. Not they made a sex tape or they were caught having sex and filming it. It was just it, it, they're filming a porn. And so to me, it was like, well, was there something more to this than just two people? Or are we just moment? getting loose with the terminology? The way, the way news gets reported. I don't know. My guess is that's probably what happened. Is that we no longer care if if headlines or like the you know the articles are you know using words properly or this and that. And I always say this is how fake news happens. People go, ah, yeah, porn versus you know what I mean. Like this is how it happens. Is that and you know I always argue with a listener. He thinks that there needs to be like intentional trying to mislead you for it to be labeled fake news. And it's like, no, dude, if something's inaccurate, it's inaccurate. I don't care how it happened, whether it was by design or by, you know, you being dumb. If it's inaccurate, it's inaccurate, but then what makes it fake. And uh, that's an interesting thing there, I wonder. Uh, both of these people have been working for the Akron Fire Department since the year 2000. The Akron Police Department is not involved uh, in this case, and the pair have not been accused of any criminal activity. Following the investigation, but they do face some uh, some possible termination, and I would agree that that's probably what's going to end up happening in the end there. I can't lie. Neither one of these people are necessarily, I won't call them ugly, but they're not exactly the kind of person you would rush to go watch porn of. But because I know it's out there and I know it's somewhat local, I want to see it. I don't know what that is. I don't know why. I don't know what that is in human nature, but for some reason, I need to see that porn. Apparently, Google can tell you the one thing in life you're most afraid to know. 
And that's next on Rock 106.9. Good morning. The Stansberry Show. Or the God of your choosing. Best morning ever. Kent's Rock Station. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 106.9. Before the break, we were talking about those two Akron firefighters uh, being put on paid administrative leave over having sex on property. Um, and I want to thank a listener of ours, Wesley, who found a little bit more information for us that apparently the, the video was uploaded. And that's how they got caught. Is somebody said, "Oh, look, you can see this in the background. We know where this is." Um, that's why it's porn as opposed to sex tape. As opposed to sex tape. Yes, and- it's because it was actually posted <laughs> for for other people's concern. I'm assuming at like a campsite or something. Like I've uh, I've often wondered that. Like, you'll see something in porn, and you're like, "Well, obviously, this is somewhere. Like, this is you know, like you're on a baseball field right now. Like something." Right. Uh, can I admit something? I want to see happen in porn. Okay. See, I worry about doing this because I worry then what is happening is that this will be perceived as me instructing people to do it. Okay. And then I could be in trouble for it. All right. Well, do not do this. Sandsbury just wants to see it. But you'll like see like homemade porn. Yeah. Right? I stay away from that, but yeah, it exists. And if you can, if you're watching it, people just kind of like allow their their daily lives to be going on in the background of whatever happens. Sometimes you'll hear hear a kid yell mom from down the hall right. or a dog jumps on the bed or maybe you can see Alex Trebek from Jeopardy in the background. Okay. I would give anything, and I mean anything, to just be stumbling through Pornhub, be clicking on a video, and hear this show in the background Jeez. as two people were like banging it out. Nice. There's something about that that would make yeah. me really proud. Yeah. Like we bored you so hard <laughs> that you had to bang each other to get there. No, but like there would be something about that that it would be I don't know fulfilling to me in some way. Fulfilling's the wrong word right now, but like it would, <laughs> that would entertain me. Um, as long as you do it in your own bedroom, I mean, we can encourage people to do that. Like, as long as you're not doing it in a public place, you can upload a porn video. That's okay. I w- yes, like now, yeah. yeah, do download the podcast, yeah. have sex to it, yeah. don't send it to me. Well, yeah, I'm gonna send it to him. Maybe tag me or whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean, and that. But there's something about that. Because I've 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 had that happen where it's like I you know you kind of click on something and like I hear the radio show in the background I'm like dude those guys suck what is that and like for some, like oh, that just goes to show you how my brain works like if there's a radio like I'm I want to evaluate that versus the sex that's what I was gonna say too is that like you know I mean if you've gotten to the point in your pornogra- pornography viewing habits where you're starting to like notice background details where it's like I don't know dude, what about this over here like that's I don't know indicative of a problem like dude you might be watching too much porn no I think it's just like I noticed. TVs and stuff. I'm like, okay. dude, what? dude, let's shut that thing off. What All are you right. doing with I'm that observant. thing? Observant. All right. Yeah, no, I'm observant. Okay, is the thing. that's what it is. I'm not observant. I, not that I've observed this video 28 times this week. It's I'm just observant. I'm just saying. I know it happens. <laughs> I know it's out there, and I just would. I would like to be involved on some level. I want to be involved. I wonder. And you see this. In like Facebook Live videos, not necessarily pornography, but like okay. the music will get removed because it's copywritten. If our song, if our show was playing in the middle of a porn, would iHeartMedia have a problem with that? Would that turn no. into? You don't think so? I think it would. Really? I, th- I think they would. I think they would be like, "That's copyright uh, infringement. You can't do that." Porn for money, maybe. Okay. Like if you were selling okay. the video, maybe. Okay, but if it's just there, yeah. If, okay. But but I think if it was just there in the background, I don't think they have an issue with it. Okay. And as a matter of fact, this is really easy. 
Like, if you're laying in your bed and you're about to have sex, it's as simple as this. Hey, Alexa, play the Sansbury Show, right? right? I mean, dude, we're on all the smart speaker right. stuff now, dude. There's such an easy way for you to get this done for me. Yeah, you can get it done. All right, let's move forward. <laughs> let's, <laughs> Here's I, our I, pornography I have a feeling I'm going to be talked to about that one. I, uh, I, I, I really do. So let's move forward. I read this headline and got terrified. And then I read a little bit more on it, and I don't feel so bad now. All right. But we do need to be weary of what's happening here. Welcome to 2018. I read this, and I'm freaking out. Oh, wait. It's not that big of a deal. <laughs> it's not that big of a deal. Okay. Right. Google can predict when you're going to die with 95% accuracy. Now, should be pointed out that when we're talking about whether or not you'll die, 5% chance of staying alive, actually quite a bit. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? But when the thing is dying, that 5% is actually you know pretty good. But Google says that they know everything, and they're helping test an artificial intelligence computer system that will predict whether or not a hospital patient, so this isn't just like anybody, like right. this isn't like log on, we'll tell you when you're going to die. It, it'll, this will be able to tell whether or not hospital patients will pass away within 24 hours of being admitted to that hospital. I, I guess once you start looking at enough data, I mean, obviously you're going to be making assumptions here and you're going to just be kind of be working off of like statistics. But like, I, I, I would assume there's a lot of factors that go into this of like, well, you know, what's your cholesterol rate? What's your heart rate? What's your, you know, these million different things that, that factor in. And I, I don't know. This doesn't feel out of, out of bounds to me. So they look at things like your age, right? ethnicity, gender. Right. Right. And so they join that up then with hospital information, like some, you know, prior diagnosis of some things that you had, current vital signs, and any and all lab results you may have. Okay. Now, they say it works as high as 95%. And what makes it accurate is that it's fed data out of reach for machines, like doctor's notes buried away on charts or other PDFs. So right. they, they end up scanning all that stuff into the system, I guess, is what they end up doing. I'm going to bet you. There's a nurse at Altman right now that has the same accuracy rate. She's been doing that job for 20 years, and she just knows when somebody comes in, all right, this is off my checklist, this is off my checklist, this is off my checklist. This isn't going to end well. This isn't going to end well. Uh, I bet by certain disease or problem, yes. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I could see that. I, I mean, and now, obviously. 95 sounds high, but yes, I could see it. It's better to have, like, an algorithm of Google, like, hey, this is something that's a little bit more concise than your feelings, but I'm telling you, I bet you there's there's healthcare professionals who are very comparable to this. Yeah, I can't argue that. I mean, if you're around something long enough, you know mm -hmm. that's going to work or that one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. That's true of all of all jobs. I, I don't have a problem seeing that. Um, they say they can throw any kind of data at it you want. It'll chew it up. It'll sp help spit it out, and they can predict this. What I worry is, and this won't be a worry today. It won't be a worry tomorrow. It's when things become the standard and they're the standard so long that we forget that there was a previous standard, right? I worry that 15 years down the road, this thing, you get admitted, this thing tells you they're going to die tomorrow anyway, and less care then starts to be applied to you because of what Google's data says. I mean, this thing says you're going to die. Are we really going to waste this? I mean, procedure on you isn't that already kind of happening? Wouldn't you say? Like, if, well, I don't if, know. If a doctor's looking at you and like, dude, this is terminal. This isn't gonna. This isn't gonna end well, no matter what I do. So therefore, we're not doing the surgery. I bet you. I mean, I think well, that's a common just, place. Well, don't they just say that to you, and then it's still up to you? Well, I, I mean, is. I guess once we get into a territory where Google Hospital is what we're talking about, maybe there's a concern, but you still have a doctor there. Well, I worry that that's where we're headed, 
where that where we're headed is the doctor where where we are going to limit lawsuit and everything else, and we're going to get to a point where the doctor says, "Sorry, man, machine says you're not good." If a doctor says, "Dude, you're not good," and ninety nine percent you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna fa- you know you're not gonna gonna live here. I mean, I, I think like I said, I just think this already happens. I think there's doctors who are making these decisions on a day to day basis of like, "Well, dude, it's just it's you're not doing well." So is your take then that you believe a machine could be more fine tuned to do it more properly than a human? Yeah, in the sense of there's a standard, there is a, there's a, now, am I I saying like, well, Google should decide who lives and dies? No, but like, you don't have, you don't have personal vendettas there. You don't have personal bias. You don't have all these different things where it's like, this is, this is just the cold, hard facts. This is just the data. That's a decent argument. Now, when I read this, or at least read the headline, I was thinking of it, Google can tell me whether or not I'm going to die if I'm in the hospital or not. Like, they can predict when you're going to die. And I thought all day yesterday, would I want to know? And I think the answer is yes. I mean, I here, here's the thing. How are you not? I, I think it's easy to say, no, I, don't, I, I wouldn't want to know when nobody can tell you. If you knew for sure something could tell you and it wasn't like, hey, come in here and I'll turn these cards over. You'll pay me 120 bucks and I'll tell you if somebody from the other side is trying to reach you, which is, of course, wizardry. Right. Like, but if it was legitimate. You mean to tell me that you don't think that 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 the curiosity over that event is so strong that it doesn't overtake you? You need to know because the thing that would keep me away from wanting to know is that what if it's wrong and I live my life thinking, all right, dude, you're gonna die at fifty three, you're gonna die at fifty three, you're gonna die at fifty three, and then all of a sudden I'm fifty four and I'm like, wait a second, I just blew all that money. I just, you know what I mean? That's a that's that's a pretty level headed approach to it. Where I was more looking at it like, let's say. We were to do this today, and Google can predict whether or not uh, when I'm going to die to 95% accuracy. And it says to me, we run the numbers, and it says to me, Stansbury, you will die at 71, right? Let's make it 70, round out, make it easy for everybody. Then in my mind, I know, bro, just get to 60. All you got to do is get to 60. We're going to take these next years between now and 60, and we're going to save every penny we have. And then we're taking the last 10. And we're doing whatever the hell it is we want. And I'm, you know, if, dude, if you want to smoke cigarettes, do it. If you want to, you know, you want to do this, do it. You want to do this, do it. Now, I know what you're thinking. Isn't that what you already do? <laughs> isn't, isn't that what you already do? Yes, other than the fact that I would be even more reckless and more careless if I knew. I kind of want to know. I, because I feel like this preparing, well, you never know. I mean, y- y- down the road, you never know what might happen leads to me not living the way I really wish I could. You're going to save to 60. You're going to save to 60. You're going to save to 60. And then at 60 years in one day, you're going to be dead in a pile of cocaine and hookers. And it's just going to be like, well, I guess 70 was wrong. <laughs> I guess you're in that 5%, bro. In the words of Belinda Carlisle, <laughs> heaven is a place on earth, Fantone. Heaven is a place on earth. More Stansberry Show right around the corner. You guys hang on. The Stansberry Show. I have got to get in on this. Rock 106.9. Yo, guys, Fantone from the Stansberry Show here to tell you about the Rollholt Vision Institute. It still happens to me all the time, dude. I wake up in the morning, I reach for my glasses, and all of a sudden I remember, dude, you do not need those. I got 20-20 vision thanks to the LASIK surgery I had done at Rollholt. And I'm I'm telling you, your summertime is...
Hey guys, it's Stansbury. Obviously, I am a Stark County resident. I am also a CSE Federal Credit Union member. And right now, all auto loans that are closed in May and June at CSE, you can choose between 90 days of no payments, cash back up to $250, or you could lower your overall rate. With CSE, you can also e-sign your loan paperwork from the dealer, your house, or wherever you happen to be. They're going to send it over via email so you can electronically sign it. And if you do your application online with CSE, you'll never have to step foot inside the brand. 90 days, no payments means first payment due 90 days after loan closing. Finance charges accrue as of disbursement date. Cashback is valued at 1% of new funds dispersed, maximum $250. Rate discount is half a percent off the standard qualifying rate. All loans subject to approval. Program rates and terms are subject to change without notice. Other restrictions apply. Federally insured by NCUA. Yo guys, Fantone from the Stansberry Show here to tell you about the Rollholt Vision Institute. It still happens to me all the time, dude. I wake up in the morning, I reach for my glasses, and all of a sudden I remember, dude, you do not need those. I got 20-20 vision thanks to the LASIK surgery I had done at Rollholt. And I'm telling you, your summertime is going to be so much easier when you don't have to worry about glasses or contacts. So if you've been thinking about LASIK surgery, I know you have some questions, which is why the Rollholt Vision Institute has made everything perfectly clear for you at their website. That is RollholtVision.com. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stands Ray Show on Rock 106.9. Online for you at WRQK.com. I have no idea if this is true, but I'm being told it, and I'll relay it to you. That apparently you can find that fire couples videos posted to websites. They were their username was Fire Couple Eleven, okay. is what is what the audience is telling me. I have no idea if that's true. Okay, I'm not looking at a work computer. I'll tell you that. I'm not giving them any ammo. None. Yesterday was one of those days where it was so hot. That, How hot was it? <laughs> that, that, that I couldn't do anything. I was like, I'm, I, I wanted to play golf because it was beautiful out, and we've had terrible weather. It's been rainy. It's been this. And I was just like, you know what? No. You played all weekend. It's extremely hot. Like, so hot, dude. Five minutes outside, you just feel like, I'm too tired. I can't do anything. So I was like, I'm not doing it. Right? And I thought, I was like, all right, well, maybe, you know, Tuesday, it's looking a little cooler. Around 78, 80 today. I think it's, it's what it's going to be. You know, not as much direct sunlight. Probably be all right. But it's hot out there, man. It's just muggy and hot. And what happens in this time of year is something we all deal with. And I don't really like the name of it. Right. Swamp ass is something I wish I didn't have to say. Uh, okay. I don't like saying it. All right. Okay. But we all get it. And apparently there are a couple of different ways you can limit or prevent and even combat some swamp ass. Okay, now we've talked about this a couple of times on the show before, but they say adjusting your behaviors is part of it. They say most liquid, usually generally pretty good for you, but they say you want to cut down on coffee because caffeine will stimulate your central nervous system, activating your sweat glands, meaning you are going to sweat a little bit more. I think that's a part of the reason why I'm always sweaty is because, like, I drink so much coffee. I, I, I'm, I'm sure of it, actually. I drink a ton of coffee, but you do. You drink more coffee than I do, yeah, for sure. I drink a lot of coffee. Like a pot plus per day, no question about it. Usually, I would say I probably drink a pot here and then at least a pot when I go home. So you go home and drink coffee when you're done here? Yeah. I'll, I see. Do, I'll drink coffee at, like, 5 o'clock, 6 o'clock. It doesn't bother me. Like, And I think it's just because I'm so addicted to caffeine. It's like, well, whatever. Normally, for me, once the show's over, that's the cutoff for caffeine, like for, for coffee for me. Um, even on the weekend, I like I'll look at the clock. I'll be like, ah, dude, I'd be off the air by now. Probably, I, I probably won't give myself this. Um, you are a, you are a caffeine addict. There's yeah. no doubt about it. So they say, you know, you know, put that down. You'll probably sweat a little bit less. I thought that this was all just smoke and mirrors. This next one, but they say look for the right clothing, and um, 
I guess there's a site called the Grooming Lounge, and they act, they actually recommend these form-fitting underwear from Tommy John. Okay. And I've heard good things about Tommy John underwear. I've never heard of it. But I guess now, like all these places have now, like underwear you can't feel that you have on. Yeah. And you know, they've got that uh, Duluth trading company that's getting built up in North Canton right yeah. now. Yeah. And I hear that's the underwear to end all underwear right ex- there. Like all that stuff, like Tommy John and like yeah. those Duluth, it's a, it's a lot of money, so it must do something. Yeah, but I mean, you know, you're, you're building a house for your boys right there. There's no no price too high. You, you, you need the house for the boys. You do. You, you absolutely do need that. I, uh, I, I, dude, so here's the thing. Like somebody asked me once, sorry, somebody asked me once. Okay. <laughs> Why do golfers have to dress like, you know, the knobs that you guys look like when you're out there? You know what I mean? The clothing. And it's the material is different. Like it's there is something to it. Like if you wear dry fit clothing while you're golfing, it's way better. Oh, dry fit. Yeah, no question about it. If you're going to be sweating, yeah, but like you could just have it be blue instead of like striped and like, you know. Okay, I mean? yes, you want to get into that. I'm talking fabric wise okay. though. Like like the sh- like the shorts I'm wearing actually right now are Greg Norman golf shorts. And it's because they're light, they're airy, and I don't want the swamp ass of the studio. And I was going to say I don't know about that little hat with the ball on the top. You don't need the little, that. Okay, you don't have that. You don't have that. need All that. Right. Now they also say the number one thing you could do is start by using the right products. Okay? Now, I have, I remember last year I got into the gold bond thing, mm-hmm. and I went with the, 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 the bronze can of Nightfall or whatever it was called. Okay. Like Nightwish <laughs> or Nightfall of whatever it was called. And that was a little urban smelling for my particular okay. taste. Okay. Now, I spent the six bucks on it, so I was like, well, I'm using it until it's gone. So it, it was... I, I had like used it. Well, and you're just blasting the undercarriage there. It doesn't necessarily, you know what I'm saying? Like people aren't down there sniffing on a regular basis. Well, you know, I can smell it though, like on you, right? And so, like, I didn't, I didn't really like it. So then, I knew I was gonna get, I was getting ready to go out this last weekend and play. And Saturday it was gonna be really, really hot. Sunday it was gonna be really, really hot. So I, uh, I went to the store. And I got a I got a a standard bottle like of of Gold Bond spray. I'm not a powder dude, right. right? I like the spray. Okay, but it's uncomfortable. And I've talked about this before. The application methods aren't great. Like you, Captain Morgan, it right? You throw the knee up on the on the toilet. So the, the way you know, toilet would have been better. <laughs> <laughs> like toilet, toilet would have been better. Um, I have found that I like I was using like like the counter like the like the bathroom counter a little okay. too high of the leg there. Okay, but there was still the we need to lift this portion to make sure you get underneath. Right, and then there's this is embarrassing, but like there's the there's the, there's the, like the the, the 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 I don't want to finish the sentence. There's the, the, the there's there's the crack issue yeah. that you want to make sure you want to get you know liberally applied in there as well. And dude, I got to tell you. That first pump is scary. It's a, it's a little, it's a little, dude, it's a little, it's a little terrifying, right? It's, it's like, it's almost like I'm fearful and I'm, I can't really push the button down. <laughs> dude, that first, that first spray is like, ooh, ooh, it's like, I mean, that'll wake you right up. I, um, I, dude, you know, when you're out there and if you're going to be golfing, if you're going to be working outside, it's a solid investment, though. It is like you, you, you're going to feel more comfortable throughout the day with it. So, like, I get what you're saying of like, it's a little, little cold splash right there, but yeah. you get, sometimes you got to get through it there. Now, I don't know what it's for. 
essentially. I think that's what it's for. But like I found like Saturday and even Sunday, I sprayed that stuff over every inch of my body. Like, dude, I had like I was using like Axe body spray. <laughs> like I did. Like I had my chest spray down, the big old belly spray down, all of it. And dude, I dude, the only place I sweat on Sunday was the places I didn't spray that stuff. Which is I don't it's incredible. And so people kept giving me like other options. And there's one of these things you can buy for swamp ass that I can't use because I hate the name of it. What is it? Dude, I can't buy anything called monkey butt. I I can't do it. I think that's for like babies too. I mean, people use it because it's like a good ointment or yeah, whatever. That's what it is. But initially, that was for kids. So not only are you buying something called monkey butt, you're in like the baby section as a single man in Walmart, just standing there well, looking through. Luckily, <laughs> they put it in the pharmacy section with like okay. you know the elbow braces okay. and all the other old man <laughs> stuff over there. It's like the the you you know this is forty section. They have it in now. You know what I mean? But the powder just seems weird to me. Like, isn't that going to, like, aren't I going to end up with, like, powdered dumplings? <laughs> kind of, like, you know what I mean? You put powder in 100 degrees, like, that seems, that seems, like, right, like, remember Ross on Friends when he was wearing those leather pants, and then he, like, sprayed the powder on his legs, and it turned into paste, and he couldn't get his pants up, he had to call Joey, of all people, to try to help him get out of there? That's what I think is going to happen with the powder, and again, I can't even believe I'm going to say it again, but monkey butts? I can't, <laughs> sorry, I feel like such an idiot even saying it, I can't do that. I'm a uh, I'm a spray person. We should probably stop talking about we're what done. I spray my manhood down with. <laughs> and we're done. We should probably do that. We should probably do that. New Turd Tuesday on the way next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. That guy knows how to party. Rock 106.9. Yeah. Way too young. Of course. Uh, I believe he was shot and killed. Was, yeah. that, was, was that the thing? I don't. Would I know an XXX Exemption song? <laughs> I do not think you would. I don't necessarily. I'm not really familiar with the dude. Well, had he been on other people's songs, I might have known. No, like he's maybe. he's one of those dudes that like he's a cough is, syrup rapper, right? Right. Yep. He's 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 one of those guys. Um, uh, face tattoos, and that's that's Everywhere. that's totally yeah. the new norm. Uh, I decided I wasn't going to mess with him when I saw the pictures of his pregnant girlfriend that got beat up by him, and I oh. was like, you know what? I'm out on this dude. So. Mess with him means listen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm not mess with him means gonna, listen. Okay. So we'll start this week's episode off with a band who will be here locally mm-hmm. playing for us. Mm-hmm. The concert for legends headliner Maroon Five. They have a new song featuring Cardi B, and this song is called "Girls Like You." I'm excited for this show. I like this band. I don't know how you don't. It's so I came to this band. I was like, I was one of these guys. I'm like, oh, all that stuff's sissy, right? I, I, I don't really want it. And then my, which it's crazy. Like Tonic's one of my favorite bands ever. Stansberry, the real man. Yeah. I'm a real man. Exactly, exactly. Okay, okay. So dumb, right? <laughs> I, if I fight for Nickelback, I like Tonic's one of my favorite bands. Makes no sense, right? <laughs> Dude, let's talk about Diana Ross. Let's talk about Heart. You're like, oh yeah, I like Nickelback, bro. You like Heart? <laughs> I don't like Heart. I love Heart because that's the only way you can you can enjoy Heart is to love it. <laughs> You leave me alone. <laughs> but a girlfriend of mine dragged me to one of their shows at Blossom, and they blew me away. It's been 24 hours. I need more hours with you. You spent the weekend getting even. Ooh. We spent the late nights making things right between us. Now it's all good, babe. Well, that 
I, dude, once time, uh, once upon a time, Adam Levine, yeah. who's the lead singer of Maroon Five, was on a show on the Golf Channel. It was called the Haney Project, and Hank Haney had been one of Tiger's first golf coaches. And he's a world-renowned golf coach. And he's done this a few times. He did it with Ray Romano. He did it with Charles Barkley. He's done it with a couple other people where he takes celebrities who want to play better golf and puts it on a TV. It's a reality show. He's right. turning you into a golfer, right? And Adam Levine was one of the biggest crybabies, swear, throw your clubs when he couldn't get it, guys. And it was so humanizing. It was because that's how you feel when you're trying to do it. They're, 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 you got to see another side of Adam Levine that actually made me like him more. But now it's all good, babe. Backward, babe. Me close. We got to get you on that Haney project or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, and Maroon 5, they don't, like, revolutionize the game. It's not like they're the greatest band of all time, but, like, when it comes to... Writing hits? Yeah. They're pretty good at it. There's something about that guitar that's kind of distracting to me. You know what it? Because you know what I, I know what it is. It doesn't sound like he's playing it. It sounds like he's sliding the pick over the string yeah, over top of the string. Distracting there. Yeah, I agree. It sounds like basketball gym shoes squeaking, like in the background there. It does like, sound like, like that. Like that random noise of squeak, squeak. Uh, it is the Sunday of Hall of Fame weekend, okay. so that is August 5th. Nice. Uh, Liv is telling me the video to the song makes the song actually that much better. The women in it are, uh, are pretty attractive. It makes the whole song. Liv, who's watching music videos? Well, <laughs> I remember when I first moved here, as a matter of fact, we were hanging out in your apartment. And you and your girlfriend were sitting around watching. I mean, remember the Ed Sheeran video. Oh, yeah. Fantone was like, dude, Ed Sheeran's so ugly, they won't put him in his own video. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God, that's funny. It's true. And I remember sitting there on, on your couch thinking, oh, my God, do young people still watch music videos? Like, I don't do this. What I will say is that music videos are still really cool, but just nobody watches them anymore. There's no avenue for them anymore. So I, 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 to me, it's like, why are you guys making this? Well, my thing is, is that if it needs the video to sell me the song, then the song's not good. Maybe I'm barely alive. 
Maybe you take a mission for the last time. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Maybe I know that I'm drunk. Maybe I know you're the one. Maybe I'm thinking it's better if you drive. I never thought I'd live long enough to ask for Cardi B. There she is. No one's really real if I let you meet my mama. You don't want a girl like me. I'm too crazy. Where every other girl you meet is too gazy. I'm sure that mother girls were nice enough. But you need someone to spice it up. So who you gonna call Cardi? Cardi? Come and rev it up like a Harley. Harley? Why is the best fruit always forbidden? I'm coming to you now doing 20 over the limit. The red light, red light, stop. I don't play when it comes to my heart. Let's get it though. I don't really want a white horse in a carriage. I'm thinking more white horses and carriage. I need you right here because every time you fall, I play with this kitty like you play with your guitar. <laughs> I, I, I missed it. She said, every time you call, I play with this kitty like you play with your guitar. <laughs> Jeez. No, wait a minute. Is she? Is that good or bad? Well, like, it's good. She, I mean, like, is she saying every time you call, you get me so excited, I can't wait? And so, like, or is she saying every time you call, you're a waste, so that I have to do this? No, like when you call me on the phone, I'm so excited about it, I can't help from masturbating, is what she's saying. I like Cardi B now. I liked it better when that person was Nicki Minaj. Yeah, I mean, they're the I, same person. The, 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 she's just the same thing, but I think Nicki was better at it. And I also think Nicki was more attractive. For me, I don't know if that matters to anything, but like, I think Nicki was better at it. And for some reason, like, I don't know if it was like because her brother got in, himself in trouble over some sex issues, and that's why people are staying away from her or what, but it just seems like people were like, oh, yeah, we don't need Nicki Minaj anymore. Wow, that's brand new Maroon 5 featuring Cardi B. And again, Maroon 5, August 5th, uh, playing the concert for Legends here in Canton, Ohio. Uh, fans, don't give me the vote there, buddy. Eh, it's half a turd. The song was so lukewarm. There was parts of it where I was like, okay, you got something going on here. The chorus wasn't terrible, but like as a whole, that felt very uninspired. So I'm going to have her. I, uh, I understand that songs are hooks and that the hook's the big part, but that song was nothing but that hook and everything else was just kind of lackluster. I'm going to vote the, the exact same way. I'm going to vote half a turd. Eh, it's half a turd. We actually have somebody that's been added to the concert for Legends who will be playing alongside uh, Maroon 5, probably warming the show up. That's Lee Bryce and his new song, That's Rumor, will be next on Rock 106. Lee Bryce played football at Clemson. I did not know that either. Yeah, I saw that. I didn't know that. I was reading like the article about like, well, he's coming to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. So learn a little bit about Lee Bryce. And he talked about like his relationship with football. And yeah, that's what one of his, he had one early song like Orange Nation or something like that. And it was about him playing football. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. I, uh, I know his wife is from Ohio. I believe she's from Youngstown. Okay. Uh, so he's got some Ohio ties. I can tell you this. Uh, no stranger to the booze. I, um, I went and saw him once. It was him and Justin Moore. And Lee Bryce 
was well in the bag. A little hammered there. I mean, well inside. Was that here? It was here. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, yeah I remember that. It was at the Civic Center. Jeez. Yeah. And Lee was, uh, yeah, he was well in the bag. Is Lee Bryce a little closer to Florida Georgia Line or a little closer to Eric Church? Huh. Um, right in the middle? Okay, now see, this is what makes this question tough to answer. Because it all it, it all depends on who you are. Because you set that question up to me as if to say that, that Eric Church is a little bit more legitimate. Where there are people strongly in the country scene who view Eric Church and Luke Bryan as the same thing. Well, legitimate, I, I mean, I, I guess, but you get the point that I'm going at there. Your point is Eric comes off sounding more authentic. At the very least, is considered more. I mean, like that's you know, I I, I just use him as, in, as instead of you know Shooter Jennings because most, yeah, you know I know what, what I'm saying. Mean. Yeah, I know what you mean. I um uh this is tough. Well, I mean, I like some Florida Georgia Line stuff too. Um, I like Lee Bryce's stuff. He's gonna be closer to Florida Georgia Line than Eric. Okay. He's got some pretty big hits. Girl, you know I've known you forever. How many nights we hung out together? Same little crowd, little bar, little town, round this old dance floor. My boys are laughing, tap me on the shoulder. Making emotion like a jog in any closer. What I do like about Lee is that he sounds country and southern without necessarily that annoying twang. Yeah. Like he just does sound like a good old boy singing. Sup, I'm still holding you, even when the song is over. There's a rumor going round about me and you stirring up our little town the last week or two. This feeling, I feel it, don't you feel it too? There's a rumor going round and round and round. What you say we make it true? We make it true. So this is essentially Reba McIntyre's Give Them Something to Talk About 20 Years Later, <laughs> done by Lee Bryce. Got it. I can do whatever you want me to do, baby. Or you could lay one on me right now. We could really give them something to talk about. There's a rumor going round about me and you. Man, from the chorus right back into the chorus. Like, yeah, you're right. He didn't really. There was no verse there. <laughs> give me the hook. Tell me why we even trying to deny this feeling I feel it, don't you feel it too? There's a rumor going round and round and round What you say we make it true? Talking girl, should we just make them stop? There's a rumor going round 
by me and you Stirring up a little town Last week or two Tell me why we even Trying to deny this feeling I feel it and you feel it too There's a rumor going round and round and round What you say we make it It's newly priced Make it his voice does okay with the strain, though. Sometimes you hear artists where it's like, oh, God, that was cringeworthy. Like when Jason Aldean has the strain, it's bad. Yeah. It is. It's bad. The, the strain there kind of complements his voice because he has that gra- or that gravelly, He's like, raspy, gravel. you know. Yeah, I, I actually, I really like his voice. And uh, I came to him uh, through the way a lot of guys get turned on to music that they don't really like is, uh, dude, a hot woman got me into it. And uh, there's a song he wrote called She Ain't Right. And it really is... I mean, dude, you could have written that song about her, and like that's how that whole thing came about. So, like, I just became like a little bit a fan of him through that. And he's got like again, a woman like you is a really good song. He's got some good hits. I mean, dude, the guy is talented. I'm I actually he does him being on that bill of concert for legends makes me want to go even more. And I wanted to see Maroon Five as it was. Uh, Fantone, give me the vote though on the, the newly Bryce rumor. <laughs> it's half a turn. Um, it was a little slow for my liking, but I was okay with Lee Bryce's voice. It was really interesting song though for a song that's three. 15 which is probably about average it just felt so short it was did a, feel short it was a real verse then the chorus then like a half verse and then the chorus then the bridge was like three seconds and then we're all of a sudden back into the chorus that makes for a winner there so i'm gonna call it a half i feel like you'd have to be involved in a situation like that right now for that to be a great song but I get how country radio works, mm-hmm. and I get how like you need a summer ballad, mm-hmm. and he's a big enough star. I'm going to vote not a turd on Lee Bryce's rumor. Not a turd! Yay. And new turd Tuesday with Marilyn Manson's cover of Cry Little Sister. That's next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. Rock 106.9. We'll be at Concert for Legends, by the way, August 5th. Tom Benson Stadium there. And uh, now to end New Tour Tuesday for this week, we have Marilyn Manson. Don't want to call it new. It's new for him, but it's a it's a remake of a song from the movie The Lost Boys. And this is Cry Little Sister. This wasn't even by like a band. This was just like some dude. Well, the 80s was big with that, where it was like they, you didn't care who sang it. And the 80s was also really big in, you didn't take a hit song and put it in a movie. You paid people to write songs for the movie that fit the movie. Right. That was like the thing back then. Gerald McMahon. I don't know who that is. Neither do I. But that's who sings the original. I must have just not connected with this the way other people from my age group did. The song. I always think it's like weird. Like, what are you talking about your sister for? It's like Billy, uh, Billy Idol's um, uh, Rock the Cradle of Love. Yeah, I'm like, what are you, dude? Why are you talking about your sister? Like, um, it, well, again, like, what's that band I like um a, a lot? What's his name? Uh, Queens of the Stone Age. Right, that little sister song too. Yeah, yeah it is weird. It's weird. They're like, well, it's like from a brother to a sister, and I'm. Mm. Yeah, 
Okay, I uh, I, I remember I, I we did Weezer. Was it last week? Week before? Where they did Africa, uh, yeah. Africa's Toto or, 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 or Toto's Africa is what they did, right? And uh, and I feel the same way about this song as I felt about that. If I go see Marilyn Manson and he does this from the stage, I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. Way to go. Pull from my childhood. Kind of nice. Keep me engaged. Keep me away from the beer stand for a few minutes. I get what you're doing. I do. I get it. I'm not sure I need a recording of it. If you're looking for new music from Gerald McMahon, he has changed his name to G. Tom Mack. So that's his new name. The letter G, Tom Mack. All right. I don't know what any of that means. Don't the vocals just sound really quiet? Like, I just can't hear him. I don't know what he's saying. Was that the way the original was? Is he trying to stay true to it? Is he trying to be dramatic? Like, oh, whisper on the microphone and everyone like Yeah, probably. Some other band covered this when I was working at the Banana, and we played it so much, like constantly. And that's where I really have the memories of this song. Seasons After or something like that. Oh, yeah, that sounds about right. Kevin told me it's for a movie soundtrack. Yeah, I know that. Doesn't mean it's any good. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was for a movie soundtrack the first time when the first guy was saying it. That doesn't mean it's. Just, that doesn't mean I'm gonna be like, oh, you know. I, I know because I'm saying I don't need a recording of it. That's what I'm saying. It doesn't need to be recorded. Much like Weezer didn't need to record, you know, Africa. Just play it. If you do it on the stage, I think it's. I love when bands do that kind of stuff. But when you try to go to the money well, when you try to go get like legitimately paid to just be lazy and rip something off, I don't know, dude. And I normally like covers, but this has fallen really flat for me, dude. I also say this. If you didn't have the the, the nostalgia factor in Lost Boys in you for this, yeah. you would hate this yeah. song. If Keith or Sutherland wasn't involved, you'd be like, whatever. You would be murdering Marilyn Manson for this song if it wasn't tied to a memory you love. guess there were sequels to the Lost Boys. Oh, yeah. Lost Boys, The Tribe, and The Thirst. Oh, yeah. I never saw those. Well, you're lucky. <laughs> I saw the second one. If I'm being honest, The Lost Boys was one of those movies I lied about as a kid about how much I liked it so my friends wouldn't hate me. Oh, yeah, dude. Oh, yeah. I could see that being the case. I remember thinking, this movie's not that good. They're vampires on dirt bikes. This is terrible. <laughs> this is awful. Stands very a crotchety old man, even at the age of 11. Like 11. Like, <laughs> this blows. Let's go outside and play laser tag.
Marilyn Manson coming to town soon, too, right? Yeah, with Rob yeah. Zombie, right? Yeah. And there it is. Yeah. There's new, well, not new, but Marilyn Manson uh, covering Cry Little Sister from the Lost Boys movie. Phantom, give me the vote. It's a turn. Uh, I'll take all the points that you have and agree with them. Um, and I'm also going to say that song still kind of just like creeps me out. Like, lie with your brother? I don't know, dude. Uh, it's not, that's not my scene. If that's what you're looking up on Pornhub, maybe that's your soundtrack. But you know what? I'm good with that. Yeah, I think it's just a cash grab, and it's playing on nostalgia. And and again, if that song wasn't tied to the Lost Boys, you'd be like, "Dude, New Marilyn Manson sucks." That's exactly what you'd be saying. I feel like that song was a big old turd. It's a turd. There it is. There's New Turd Tuesday. Aside from that, we're done for the day. If you missed anything this morning, podcast it at wrqk.com. It will be up shortly after 10 a.m. Other than that, we will talk to you again tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. on Rock 106.9. You guys have a great afternoon. See ya. Hope you boys brought popcorn. The Stansberry Show. Because I'm about to put on a show. Rock 106.9. Yo, guys, Fantone from The Stansberry Show inviting you out. I'm talking about Fight Fest, which is brought to you by Honor Fighting Championship. That's right. Honor Fighting Championship bringing the most hard-hitting MMA action back to Akron. It all goes down June 30th at the legendary Chaparral's Event Center. There are 17 bouts lined up. The action's going to be going all night long and VIP tickets still available. So if you're ready for the hardest-hitting MMA action around, go get your tickets. They're available to you at HonorFightingChampionship.com.